This is a recording. Yeah. This is not a recording. <laughs> You're about to die, and it's not a recording. Good this, morning. <laughs> this might be a recording. <laughs> Your call is very important to us. Please hold. <laughs> Beef Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me tonight is none of the regular people, and that's fine. Speaking of not regular people, maybe he's going to the bathroom or something right now. As uh, Nudie's here from the NFW, how you doing, sir? Hello, everybody. I am doing great. How are you? Because when he gets to that age, you got to start worrying about that kind of thing. Yes, depends. <laughs> I'm okay. How are you, man? I'm good. We're ready to. Talk about some movies. <laughs> yeah. One movie and then some other kind of movie. Yes. Yes. This is sort of the last show where one has a plot and one one does not. It's a, I'm going to kick to this guy. You know him. You love him. He's my brother and he comes on the show sometimes, so don't bust his balls. Jeffrey X. Martin, how you doing, sir? I am half lit and welcome to the White Privilege episode of Cinema Beef Podcast. Oh, going to love that, you know. Yeah, the white gonna have the white guilt next one for sure. We're gonna figure out which movies those are, and uh, we'll uh, we'll come on together. <laughs> we'll do we'll do a time to kill and something else. Gotta have that white guilt in there. Time yeah, to kill and twelve years a slave. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's let's do it. Special guest Willis Wheeler. Oh, hereditary <laughs> <laughs> bad. I watched thirty minutes of it, but it's bad. Fuck Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the segment! You the very first segment of uh, I'm already fucking flustered. What you been watching, man? Uh, I watched Reign of the Superman, the latest DC comic cartoon. There, very good. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm not a big DC follower. I, I'm more of a Marvel guy myself. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was well, it takes place after the death of Superman. And all these other supermen show up trying to take his place and and the wages the battle between all of them until the real Superman shows his face again. It was a good movie. I mean um the I think the cartoon D C cartoons are better than the DC movies, in my opinion. I haven't seen Aquaman yet, but there's a questionable copy on the internet right now. I may watch <laughs> yes. tomorrow. We'll see what happens. It has the ramen noodle titles all over it. <laughs> yes. that Asian screener, you know. Um, yeah, I liked it pretty good too. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it too. But um, I think it helps if you if you if you if you see it that you're reading comics at the time when that, that all that stuff was going down because just killing Superman was blasphemous. What yeah. happened? And yeah, that was like a big long series of books. 
Like that I, I own, I still own most of. Yeah, I have all the comics, like the the white bag, the black bag, and all that when he got killed. But mm-hmm. I never, I never opened them, never never read it. I bought them, put them in a, you know, the bag, the bags with the backings, and they've been sitting there ever since. And they're yeah, probably, they they still ain't worth shit. Fucking yeah. blame, <laughs> blame Joe Casada and Denny O'Neill for that shit. They, uh, that was the time when they said, "Hey, let's mass produce these things. These are going to be expensive one day, and they fucking ain't worth shit." So you know, thanks guys for fucking that up. Like seven of each. <laughs> the variant cover of one cover has Doomsday's anus on it all over the place and whatever, man. Oh my gosh. What else have you been watching, sir? I'm sorry. Um, I also watched You Might Be the Killer with uh, Allison Hannigan from uh, Buffy and um, what's his name? That kid from uh, Cabin in the Woods. The, the Stone Fran Krantz. Yeah. It was a pretty decent movie. It's kind of a meta type movie. It's my, like my number one of the year, I think it was. It knows its own, it knows its, knows its own self and shit. Yeah, I, I started watching like a lot of the movies that you guys, you guys recommended. I I found all the ones that I haven't seen, so I watched that and I really enjoyed it. I thought I think I gave it like an eight out of eight uh, eight out of ten. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny and the kills were were pretty spectacular in it. And I watched one more that I think Jake might have said called the Ranger. Oh uh, yeah, I think I thought about the Ranger. Yeah, I wasn't very impressed with it. I, 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 it was just mediocre to me. I, I mean, the kills were good in this one too, but I just, I thought the acting was pretty bad, and yeah, the story was pretty kind of silly. So I, I gave it like a, uh, like a two and a half out of five, or like a five out of ten. It just, it was all right. It was just there. I, I won't watch it again. But if you haven't seen it, it's got some pretty good, some pretty good uh, gore scenes in it. Yeah. Anything else, brother? That's about it. Right. I mean, I did watch Bohemian Rhapsody like we talked about the other night, which oh, yeah. I really liked, and you thought it was meh. It's it, it's it's okay. Where, where's it at? Look right here, right, right here on my screen because I, I got the letterbox open going on. Yeah, me too. It's a, it's, it's a three star movie. There you go. It's a it's all good. You like what you like. Yeah. But X, what you been watching, man? Uh, I just got done watching Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, and that's a big pile of dog shit, so don't bother with that. Um, as far as TV goes, Project Blue Book is on the History Channel. That's a good, good show. It's kind of like X-Files Light, so I don't hate it. Um, it's not like the show from the 70s at all, but if you don't mind a TV show where one of your major characters is Dr. J. Allen Hynek, then you're probably going to really dig this. I like it a lot. There's some conspiracy stuff going on. The special effects are not bad. And it has Neil McDonough. So if you need to see teeth, uh, he's got a lot of them. He's got a does very, he play a bad guy in this? He does. And he okay. plays, and he's got Shocker. A, he's got a very toothy grin as a bad guy. And that's just oh. a really, really interesting series. He doesn't play a bad guy every time. He played Dum Dum Dooley uh, of the Howling Commandos, and uh, I love him. I, I got to I got to see that big old teeth grin in person once. It's awesome. He's mostly a bad guy, though. Mostly a bad guy. But he's a smiling bad guy, and that helps. He is, yes. He's he's grinning evil. Anyway, that's about it. That and a bunch of wrestling because that's who I am. Related to Neil McDonough. Don't ever watch the Chun Li movie. That movie's terrible. And uh. <laughs> That has Chris Klein in it as well. When Chun Li smiles, oh yeah, it takes oh, I... me miles. Man, Jamie Palomino or that girl? I don't know. I think I picked that girl instead. You know, Milo Thomas. <laughs> yeah, that one too. Maybe <laughs> that girl. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. I'm just going to sing this whole episode. That's, uh, that's okay. I'm fine with that. I'm drunk. That's, I'm that's just going to sing. That's what, that's what they paid no money for to, to listen to you sing, actually. You know. Is that it? Oh, yeah. Once I start hitting old Creed songs, you'll know that I've just reached my limit. Oh, man. Dave Grohl had a sick burn on Nickelback. I I'm still laughing at it. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> what have I been watching? I've watched it. I've been watching some good stuff. I watched Once Upon a Deadpool, which if you guys don't know what that is, that's the PG-13 cut of Deadpool 2 that they put together for, for charity, basically. I think every... Every ticket sold a dollar went to some charity, I think, and it's 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 funny. You know, it it, it it takes a lot of the all the violence out of the film almost, but it adds stuff to it. Like there's a whole subplot of the film in which Deadpool ca- uh, kidnaps Fred Savage and rebuilds his Princess Bride bedroom so you can tell him the tale of Deadpool too, <laughs> but in a family family uh, family friendly way. And there's like all kinds of like intercuts of them arguing with each other about continuity in the Marvel Universe and in this in this story and it, it's really fucking funny so if you guys just say no it's a lame PG-13 version of the movie it, it's not lame I think you guys should watch it because the stuff they added made it really funny so check that out um I watched mid-90s which was um written and directed by Jonah Hill and what you're thinking it's gonna be like a real slapsticky bullshit you know Comedy, dick joke, dick joke, dick joke. It's not that at all. This is like the the, the, the nostalgia fuel that works for me because it's not throwing him a face. It's uh, all about this this young boy who's uh, coming up in the mid-90s of all places, hence the title. <laughs> and uh, looking, looking like for himself, like his own individuality and like this group, this group of skaters. And he's having struggles at home and it's really well written and the characters are well developed and... I, I like this kind of movie, and I suggest you guys watch it because I think Jonah Hill did a real fine fine work on it. And uh, is it a remake of Gleaming the Cube? No, it's not. There's no Asian brother. There's no murder. It's just. Uh, well, then what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I saw the uh, I saw the previews for this at, at the theater when I went to see I don't know whatever it was, but it didn't strike me. I'm an '80s child, so. I don't know. There's no nostalgia there for me and skateboarding and all that shit. I didn't do any of that crap. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so it's not it's not it for me, but I, mean, I might watch it somewhere down the line. I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I might check it out if I got nothing to watch one day. Oh, here's a film I can't recommend. It's called Pledge. It's a, from the, from last year, and uh, this is a film in which three three um, I guess like eighteen uh, year old boys want to go pledge a fraternity. But then they get caught up with this group of rich white kids who are like part of like some skull and bone society, and they can be get really excelled if they they get in, get in with these guys. But then again, they they get kidnapped and tortured in hilarious ways, but not hilarious because boring and dumb as shit. And the dude bro dudes just take you out of it because it's just it's 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 like mean spirit in a way that's just stupid. It's like this. is like yeah, you could be mean spirited and have a torture porn stuff like that in there, but don't bore me. And your film's only seventy seven minutes, and you, you, you you're waiting. It's ramping up to do something, and then it just sucks. Is so Joshua Jackson in it? No, that's another movie X. That's probably that has Craig T. Nelson in it as well. What that about, movie. What about Daphne Zuniga? Well, see, that's a better movie. Why are you talking about better movies for? You know? I'll say that word on this show. Z- Zuniga. <laughs> Z- 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 <laughs> 
It's uh, a bad word. We don't say that on this show. I need something to turn on, so I rewatch Summer School. Everybody speaks for itself. Uh, I watched The Jerk for the very first time. I know, guys. It's, it's really getting out. I think Dave Z kind of a... Uh, show. What's up? Yeah, it'd be fun. I think Dave Z inspired me because he's watching a whole bunch of stuff that everybody else has seen that he hasn't seen. So he kind of inspired me to watch that. And uh, I wasn't disappointed because Steve Martin knows how to do physical gags and just gags in general. It made me laugh, you know, as dumb as the premise is. It, it really works, and I really like it. I hope you found your special purpose. Oh, I found, I find my special purpose every day. I try to anyway. <laughs> every time I touch myself, I find my special purpose. No, that's over with. And I watched Fletch, and that was just kind of mediocre. I'm sorry, X. It's just, uh, just Chevy being Chevy, and I, I need to watch it again. Maybe just to, 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 get, to get some more love out of it, you know? Maybe fuel, fuel that, that Chevy Chase uh, nipple twitch, maybe? I don't know. I just didn't like it very much. <laughs> I didn't like it very much. No, no, sir. I don't like it. It's just Fletch. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm guessing you didn't like it. I didn't like it, man. No, no, sir. I did not like it. But uh, I'm going to leave that alone. And uh, I'll, I'll watch Fletch again this week and report it again on the next show, maybe. But I probably won't. Only when X says, hey, you know what? You need to really rewatch Fletch. I was like, well, you know what? You got to come on the show and we'll do it together. You could tell me why you love it. And, you know, tell us all the James Cameron inspirations in the movie, maybe. And and then I just ruined it for him, didn't I, just now? Because I mentioned James Cameron and Fletch. I don't even know what you're doing right now. I don't know. That's... But I still don't know. What do you think about Fletch? I think it's kind of mediocre, brother. It's just kind of, <laughs> it's just kind of there, you know? Well, the problem with Fletch is that a lot... A lot it's, it's kind of like when you see in movies like Don't Look Now... But the reveal is worse is ruined for you in the clip shows like like Terror in the Isles. Mm. I've seen Fletch mention on many of those talking head like I love the eighties and stuff like that documentaries. And they show you all the best gags in the film. So when you get them in context with the film, it's just not very good to me. It's just kind of there. Well if, I do, Chevy, I do if Chevy Chase actually had sex with Dana Wheeler Nicholson, then we've got a show, for sure. Yeah. I heard that the Chevy Chase in question is a giant asshole, so I'm not sure how much pussy he's getting at the time. It's just, uh, I don't know. Kind of racist, too, from what Donald Glover says. I, I like to trust Donald Glover in everything he does, but, you know, I don't know. I'm going to leave that one alone and ask uh, for the next segment, that lovely segment, called the Beef Bitches and Mashed Potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't who order gets fries. Who the barbecue beef? Mine's the Jeep Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? I heard that. X, anything pissing you off, sir, in the, in the world, and in the, in the industry here? Hey, you, got, you got any beef in Japan? You know... I, I, I don't want to throw any beefs out there because I might decide to run for office at some point, and I don't want to incriminate myself in the future for things that I said in the past. But I will say four things. Um, I do hope the government shutdown ends soon so that I can go through the government to get the loan for my house because I need that. Yes, indeed. Getting older is a pain in the ass. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be really happy when spring gets here. Yeah, it, it uh, we got some snow today. I'm sure you guys 
got something recently. And uh, we, we got some today too. And winter is awful. So let me say one more thing real quick while I'm at it, and that's about Prime Video. I deal a lot with Prime Video because. I write an article about the horrible things that I find on that streaming service. But they have recently pulled all of their independent horror films. Yeah, it's bullshit. What? Okay, first of all, what am I going to watch now? But second of all, where are these films going to go? They're not going... What, Black Flag TV? Is Shudder going to pick up Blood, Slaughter, Massacre? No, I don't think so. Look, I may not like these movies a whole lot, but here's the thing. I watched them. They got views. They got my 28 cents for the stream. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Prime Video is trying to clean themselves up after their one cut of the dead debacle, where they put up a bootleg version of that movie, that's not my fault. That's their quality control fault. And there's no reason why these artists, these independent film guys... (laughs) Excuse me, I told you I was lit. Um... (laughs) But there's no reason why we can't see these movies if we choose to watch them. Look, if, I mean, if I want to see Sorority Row Buttfuck Massacre 9, th- I need to see it on Prime Video because nowhere else is going to show it. That was the dumpster fire of the internet, and the fact that they're trying to clean themselves up now just irritates the crap out of me. What was the story with that movie? I, I seen something about it. I didn't actually click on the article, though. So One Cut of the Dead is like the biggest Japanese hit ever. It was made for like $20,000, and it has made the American equivalent of millions of dollars at the box office. Just a nice. huge regional hit. But somebody uploaded a bootleg to Prime Video, and Prime mm. Video ran it just nationwide. And finally, the distributor got on the internet and said, look, we didn't do this, and we don't know who did. We hope you still go see this movie at the theater, but this is not an official streaming copy that's on Prime Video. So Prime Video pulled it, and now they're pulling every single independent horror movie that they have. That's like half my list of to watch things gone. Is this like with the intention of checking in to make sure they have the rights to them and then put them back on there again, or is this taking them off completely? No, this is this thing hasn't even gotten like a Blu-ray release in the states yet. I mean, like the rest of the movies. Oh, the rest of the movies? I think no. I think it's just a huge blanket um, movement to make sure that nothing like this happens again. But at the same time, how am I supposed to watch old Tim Ritter movies? How am I supposed to watch, you know, stuff that these dudes down in Athens, Georgia are making? Because Prime Video is yanking them. And like I said, that's half my watch list just gone. No more Chuck Connery movies. No more Chuck Connery movies. No more collective, you know, anthology movies from from Burlesque Girls. I don't know what's going on now. It's just it's just dumb. I just hope somebody might pick up these these independent films because really the only way and this, this isn't even that often even small shows that I go to they have people out like they're peddling their their independent films it's not even that much anymore and people doing that because tables are expensive you got people like a friend of the show Tim Gross who started his own con Gross Fest which I think is gonna be two days this year which is gonna be awesome where he doesn't really get. A lot of big people at his show. He gets a lot of independent guys that he's met over the years to come sell their art and their 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 movies, and 
you get back to that or else you're gonna not have anything to watch that's you know not mainstream I but mean, like truth like truth or dare right you know? right i mean these are people who are shooting movies on their phones and they're editing everything in iMovie and that's fine i don't you know i don't always need a huge budget if you've got a good story and you can tell it through your phone do it but i mean there's just steven soderbergh's doing it dude yeah. I, I watch a lot of i watch a lot of garbage and if you take away my dumpster i got i got nothing to do so i'm utterly furious and perplexed by this whole thing yeah 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 this sucks man i don't know but uh duty what's uh what's pissing you off sir i'm not angry today okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm well fed I'm, I'm not working right now i'm doing good you know yeah I do I have anything to bitch about? Nothing really. Just uh, work stuff. Oh God, is it just me? No, I just I just don't have a whole lot of stuff. To... <laughs> you're on the show, so I have not a whole lot to complain about. I'm great. I'm grateful that you're here. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm uh, my old Guapo lately is is autograph groups. I got to stay out of those and stop buying shit because you know. Speaking of which, Fleas and Flick stuff goes out next week, people. So. I'll send out individual uh, instant messages or uh, I wasn't gonna messages. ask. <laughs> I, figured I tagged, I tagged you, you guys at a post on the event page and nobody responded to it. That's okay. I'm not complaining. I don't it's think just, we uh, got the tag. At least you're not buying like Ed Gein human skin lampshades and are like, ah, murderabilia. That's my shit. No, my recent uh, purchase is a Angelica Houston autograph and from the Adams family. I think it's pretty awesome. But, um, you got that Starman print, dude. Yeah, I got that too. That's awesome too. That's that's gonna go up pretty soon. This, I'm trying to inspire myself to hang all my shit, which about eighty percent of it is not hung right now. So, I'm trying to get a couple nice items to say, "Hey, get up off your ass and do something." You know, Gary's not hung right now. Gary's yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> Gary's not hung right now at all. Gary's not hung most days. My penis is sad most days, people. You know. Sad penis. Oh yeah, when it's happy, it does like a Snoopy dance. You know that's fine. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's ruin that for you. Do, do, do. Gary's, Gary's penis. Look at Gary's penis. <laughs> this is Gary's penis. Yes, that's more like the supper time dance that Snoopy does. That's fine too. You know, I'm done. I'm done talking about Snoopy's penis and my penis. Uh, <laughs> Woodstock, Woodcock, whatever. Tonight, today, we're talking about two, uh, I guess, uh, veteran exploitation movies, in a way. One's just kind of shoehorned in the end of one of these, so I apologize ahead of time. So we'll do that one first, actually, which is the, from 1974. It's called Open Season, and that movie's not very good. So we're going to close it out. We're going to close big <laughs> with, with Rod Steiger and the Supreme Commander from V. That guy. And uh, Wolf Lake from the year of my birth, 1980. That's another guy from says Supreme Commander from V. Um, Richard Hurd, I think the is the actor's name. Yeah. Rich Dick Hurd. Dick Hurd. Dick Hurd. Dick Hurd. Seems <laughs> we have a bunch of dudes on the podcast. You talk about our dicks, and, that, and that's fine. <laughs> Where's Suzanne? Damn it! I don't know. Suzanne's ah, this woman. Okay, never mind. We'll get into open season right after this.
Here's what some people are saying about the Projection Booth podcast. The Projection Booth is single-handedly the greatest film podcast you could ever listen to or could possibly want. Top-notch. Five stars. This has quickly become one of my favorite film-related podcasts. Always interesting. A completely unpretentious yet fully comprehensive look at films from all genres. This podcast is an amazing resource and one that helps in the discovery or rediscovery of films for anyone who enjoys thinking about cinema. If you love movies and podcasts, subscribe and enjoy The Projection Booth. Every episode is beautifully crafted to give you a true audio experience, a wonderful companion to the films they cover. The Projection Booth is awesome. A wide range of films covered from classic to cult to contemporary, thoroughly researched, very entertaining, and always informative. The amount of work and effort that goes into this podcast is something to behold. Interviews, critiques, music, and trailers. These are just the tip of the encyclopedic completeness each episode holds. It's also really fun. I listen to a lot of movie podcasts, and there are a lot of really good ones out there. But The Projection Booth is by far the only one I listen to with any regularity. It's like a special features disc of your favorite Criterion Collection release. The Projection Booth Podcast, with new episodes available every week at projectionboothpodcast.com. Open season from 1974, three young men, they're not that young, take a young woman and a middle-aged man to an isolated cabin where they're terrorized in different ways. That is inaccurate. You ain't kidding. Yes. This uh, stars a cast that you should love in this very shitty movie. Peter Fonda, John Philip Law, I just clicked out of the fucking screen, Cornelia Sharp, Richard Lynch... William Holden, <laughs> there's your exposition right there, that guy. We'll Alberto that Mendoza. Yeah, that guy too. Fucking, man, I'm going to let Nudie start with this film. Nudie, what did you think of Open Season? Oof, what a chore to get through this movie. First of all, it's a, it was a really bad copy that we had to look at. So it said a DVD, but it was not a DVD. Oh. Um, it starts out with a, a rape scene that, you couldn't see nothing. <laughs> so he didn't even know if she was actually getting Dude, attacked he's so or not. disappointed that he could see it. Well, that he no, but, I mean, you know, at least in Humongous, you saw something going on. They didn't even know what the hell they were doing to her. It was so dark. He's and, like, give me um, a fucking elbow or something. Fuck, man. You know. The movie just slogged along. Like, it was just, it was so strange. And even for all the the, 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 the good actors, they weren't very good in this movie. Oh, I mean, Peter Fonda was terrible. It sounded like he was just, I don't know, running through his lines. The only good one was kind of Richard Lynch because he was playing a fucking really psycho guy, a weird-ass guy. Um, they were all kind of weird. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It just dragged and dragged and dragged. And I, like, there's some scenes in here that had me puzzled. I don't know if we're going to talk all about like right now. You want me to yeah, spoil we'll everything? Spo- or? We'll spoil the fuck out of it. It's a shitty movie, so go for it. You know. All right, well... Towards the end of the movie, when these three idiots are done killing the people that they're they're chasing, they're all of a sudden they're they're starting to get killed off, and it turns out to be the William Holden character who is getting revenge for his daughter that these three idiots raped and 
the beginning of the movie from when they were in high school or whatever. I think Peter Fonda just raped her. Or maybe no, it was multiple people. So maybe, yeah. Yeah, they said multiple. So I'm assuming it was the three of them because they were the three idiots that did all their shit together every year. Mm-hmm. They went to this cabin, apparently. Well, it had but to like, have been the 50s. So those back seats and those cars back then were big. So you could fit like four people in there. Well, we couldn't see it, so who knew? <laughs> who knew? Just the back window. That's all we saw. Right. But, like, he waits until these three idiots kill the two people that they were torturing for the whole weekend. Like, why didn't he kill them and save them? Why did he let them kill those two people? It didn't make any sense to me. Like, why would he let them go through their hunt and before he starts killing them? He literally starts killing them as they were killing before they killed the girl. It made no sense to me. That was like, what? What's going on here? I love you for that. Am I right? <laughs> totally right. As soon as I saw it, I was like, why? He was there and he set up speakers throughout the whole place to, you know, to taunt Peter Fonda at the end. I was like, why didn't he just kill them or save the people? It didn't make any sense. Not at all. They were expendable, duty because non-plot, okay? <laughs> okay, but if he's you know getting revenge... You think he would just save these people, or at least save the girl? Maybe he got there too late to save the guy, but he was there plenty of time to save the girl. I don't know, just me. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, well, it's, the movie's not that great, but uh, X, sh- shine some light on us, brother. Let us know about your your thoughts on Open Season, man. Well, DVD in this case means this video destroyed. Yes, man. <laughs> uh, this movie ended, and I asked myself, is this really an exploitation movie? Because it presents as one, and that's fine. I like exploitation flicks. I do. This one even has Peter Fonda and Richard Lynch, and they were making really good like drive-in movies back during the 70s, but there's no blood in this. There's a little bit of nudity during this really carefully choreographed group sex scene and that's all consensual but this movie's a whole lot of talk and i think that's why i don't like it are these guys not the most polite kidnappers you've ever seen this is like a freeform channel version of last house on the left so the the things that are about this movie that are horrible were not as terrible back in the 70s i remember i was there you can sum up the whole attitude with a line from the first 10 minutes where the judge tells the woman, rape doesn't necessarily mean violent assault. (laughs) You know what? Already I hate this movie so much. Oh, they're just boys and no one will ever believe that they're rapists. So instantly the authority figures do not believe the victim. And the guys even say that she paid them to do it to her. Oh, he, she paid them $10 each to do perverted things to her in the back of this giant 1950s Ford Fairlane. So I know we're supposed to feel badly for her, but oh, that's just gross. Um, as an audience, we, um, blah, we, we, want, we want her to have some sort of revenge. We, we, we kind of need that. But it never happens. There's a big twist in the third act that Nudie already talked about, okay? That's telegraphed in the first act, but it leaves a really huge hole in the plot. And it's like what it's, it's like what Nudie said. How come the person seeking revenge waited so fucking long to start shooting? Why did innocent people have to perish so that we could get this ending that is supposed to be satisfying? It's called the it's called the long connex, you know. Uh, he even he even says, 
I've been thinking about how to do this for the longest time, and I followed you last season, and I saw what you did last season. So he know he knew what they do every year, and he still waited and let him kill all those two people. Exactly. <laughs> it was kind of stupid. It's kind of dumb. Didn't make any sense? And you know what? I guess that's neither here nor there, and that's fine. What? Whatever. But. I tend to think that the, quote, war veteran comes home and goes crazy, end quote, is kind of a dumb trope. I can list on one hand the movies that I enjoy that use that particular um, rationale, shall we say. Anyway, Terminator. The Prowler, Combat Shock. (laughs) What's the the Bob Clark one? Death Dream? Oh, Death Death Dream? Dream? Yeah. Death Dream, yeah. Yeah. Regardless, not a great movie. It doesn't really deliver on the whole B-movie goods, unless you want to count the horrible conversations between the kidnappers. When they find their victim at the gas station, I think it's Richard Lynch who says, oh, she's cheating. You can tell by the way she looks. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a ton of assumptions made and objectifying of women here. The kidnappers even chain her ankle to the kitchen counter. They keep her in the kitchen. Oh my God! You got to keep them cooking and cleaning, right? Maybe we should get her pregnant while we're at it. Oh, it's just locker room talk and whatever. But even that phrase has become a byword now. It was awful behavior back then, and it's awful behavior now. But I, I don't know why it was more acceptable in society during the '70s. I guess I don't know social media. I guess calling that kind of activity out. Anyway, the movie knows that these are terrible people, and it doesn't want us to root for them. So even though their victims are also pretty awful, there's nobody here to like. And there's nothing to enjoy here. This is an unpleasant movie. And like Nudie said, it's a slog. Oh my god, it goes on for fucking ever. So, not a whole lot to recommend it. Oh me, yeah. Like I mentioned, uh, the the long con. You got all the ex- that ex- exposition in the beginning that somebody may have done something. They find out at the end that it was these guys that did something because, yeah, he has it rigged up to play tape recorder while he's hunting these men down to kill them. And like you said, not helping the people that he should be helping because his daughter's. He said that she committed suicide, right? The daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After her, after his, after uh, what's his name's son was born. Yeah, Peter Fonda's son. And that's um, that's that's the, yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> Why is William Holden's grandson mute? Is that ever explained? Do we ever talk about that? Why is he an albino mute boy who shows up at Peter Fonda's wife's house during a birthday party? Mm. And are we supposed to get by the ending that? The cops knew what he was going to do, and he turned himself in after he did what he did. Is, I mean, what kind of fucking Maddox County bullshit is this? Where's Dirk Benedict? Because <laughs> like, he was like definitely friends with the cops, and they were like, "Don't worry, we'll take care of him. Like he's our own." And then the cop went inside. To, like, I, I'm assuming to go tell the wives that they were all dead, because the cops said, "I'm going to go in and, and tell them now." So that's what I was assuming, right? All I know is Investigation Discovery would have a lot to say about that. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking too much into this movie because it's <laughs> yes, not you worth are. It. I don't think so. Yeah. I think you're Essentially, fine. At, the, at the core, you you have these three great actors who are playing really shitty supervillains throughout this film. Very rapey, shitty supervillains. 
because you don't really get to which the, the point of whatever they're going to do until like an hour in of this hour and 40 minute film. There should have yeah. been th- this should have been like Last House on the Left because you got Richard Lynch who looks creepy enough as it is. He, he could have been, you know, your main, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, man. But they really dropped the ball on their so-called exploitation film. Because in the end, it was just like, you know, they, they make that run rabbit run thing joke. And, you know, they yeah. sing the song about well, so they you know what's going to happen. They try to turn it into the most dangerous game. And really, it becomes kind of like mm, the most sort of iffy game. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, really point, is Martin escapes. And all they do is catch on like two minutes later and they're like, you have to listen to us, Martin. Dave. I was like, what? <laughs> like, they didn't like chop his hand off or any of that kind of bullshit. They just mm-hmm. took him back to the cabin. Cook us dinner, Martin. <laughs> yeah. Stay in there in service. Uh, give, us some, give us some booze. I don't drink. Oh, come on. Everybody drinks. Seriously? What kind of... A- this is Animal House all of a sudden. <laughs> I got to talk about Stockholm Nancy here because... Uh, she was real fast to say, okay, when in Rome, let's hang out with these dudes so they might not possibly kill us and I may have sex with Peter Fonda, which she does. And then all of a sudden, when the chips are down, oh, oh did you like that thing I did? Did you like the thing I did? Yeah, but she was already into it, you know, because she didn't look like, uh, and this is going to objectify women so bad, but she, she seemed like she thought these guys were really cool and her lame old boyfriend was lame. And she was going to hang out with these dudes for a while. I, I just, uh, I wasn't feeling her character. And then all of a sudden, the desperation hit in to say, you know what? When it came down to, 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 to the marrow, if you will, when they had to go make that run, <laughs> her man friend wanted nothing to do with her, you know. Riding yeah. free. Yeah, yes, indeed, that song. Oh, my God. He, he threw her off the boat. <laughs> he threw her off the boat, man. It's just they, they just stood there laughing a lot, like, yeah, you're going to go try to get that canoe? I'm going to shoot it on that coming side, Martin. You look awful cold and stupid shit like that. You yeah. know, when it, when it come down to, like, getting down to the serious stuff where they're going to go hunt them, it just was, like, blah. This movie really needed David Hess. And, and some stabby, knifey, bloody action. Right, it needed <laughs> David Hess. Just to hang around and tell that blonde chick, yeah, you fucking bitch. And, and that would have made the movie, you know, at least threatening. These guys are just doofuses out in the woods with guns. They were playing house, playing house for an hour. Yes, it was, an hour it was like 20 minutes. It was like Escanaba into Moonlight. Yeah. Um, I have nothing else to say about this, but it's not very good. So we'll just go straight into ratings. Uh, what do you guys give it, 1 to 10? Ugh. Uh, I'm going to give it a three. I mean, it, it, it's something I'll never, ever watch again. But, you know, I I got to see another Richard Lynch movie. So <laughs> I'll give yeah. it a three just for, just for him. <laughs> X? I'm going to go lower than nudie, I think. I'm going to go two and a half out of ten. No, wait. You know what? I love the opening song that they played twice in the first 10 minutes, so throw in half a point for that. So, three points out of 10. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a two. It's not very good. It's just kind of there. <laughs> it's a shame, too, with that cast. It should have been a lot better than it was. Yeah. But uh, Next up, we're talking about Rod Steiger. 
uh, doing some monologues and hating them fucking deserters, man, in Wolf Lake from 1980. Hello, have you ever heard of MSK 3000? Yeah, well, we ain't them. But we are movie fans who like to drink and talk shit about our favorite movies. So join me, your host, Nudie, along with my co-host, Jake the Snake, and special guest stars as we dissect our favorite, or maybe not-so-favorite movies, on the NFW Podcast, otherwise known as No Fucking Way. You can catch us on Heartophilia, and also at NFW underscore podcast on Twitter, or NFWpodcast at yahoo.com. Wolf Lake, uh, from 1980, um, your cheap applaud synopsis is this. War veterans take a lakeside cabin for a weekend of shooting, drinking, etc., and other things, but find the etc. must be the rape they do, but find the cabin being looked over by a young caretaker who's named David. When David's status as a war deserter is revealed, all hell breaks loose. The stars, of course, a great, great actor, Rod Steiger. We did uh, No Way to Treat a Lady way back in the day, and you guys need to check out that movie, too. That's really good. It's a good movie. David Huffman is the bearded lady. Uh, David, there you go. <laughs> he calls him the bearded lady. Uh, Robin Matson is Linda. That fucking woman, you know. Richard Hurd is George, your supreme commander of the, of the v, movie, v, v TV show. Jerry Harden is Wilbur. And Paul looks like it says fucking manatee as, as Sweeney. <laughs> It looks like it says fucking manatee. Paul the Manitou is in this movie. Paul the Manitou. That rubber puppet that we all love and love so well. Getting a Blu-ray. I can't I can't wait. But um No kidding, me too. That's here nor there. But uh X! This is a better movie. What'd you think of Wolf Lake, man? It's not a better movie. You're out of your mind. <laughs> I think I think this movie's trying to say something like a really overbearing message. Like, it's a message movie, but if that's right, then the message is incredibly muddled. Okay, so Rod Steiger, okay, he's like this gung-ho guy, and he's all see, man- To be fair, that's the character, though, of Rod Steiger. He's- right. That's just Rod Steiger in general. Yeah. Any Rod's... I mean, even when he was the priest at Amityville 2, he was still like this gung-ho guy. Or, I mean, oh, sorry, yeah. Amityville, not, not 2. Yes. It was, it was the doctor from Little House of okay. who was the doctor in Amityville, too. Anyway, he's all mad at this deserter, okay? But aren't they in Canada? Didn't Canada give the deserters asylum during the... Uh, well, okay, that doesn't matter. I, doesn't I matter. wasn't alive during this time, obviously, but my mother would tell me stories of neighbors. Well, the one neighbor in particular, that their son was a draft dodger. He went to Canada instead of going to Vietnam. And she was, like, ridiculed by the whole neighborhood for this. So I'd imagine that it has a big deal about it. That's fine. Maybe he had heel spurs. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he was just a pussy. He didn't love America, okay? Right. Okay. Again, doesn't matter. So what you've got is you've got the peace-loving deserter who is locked in mortal battle with this old soldier and his friends. And it could be any kind of ideological battle. Long hairs versus the straights the left versus the right, uh, fast zombies versus walkers, doesn't matter. What this movie does have is a great cast of veterans. you got Rod Steiger, Richard Hurd, 
Paul the Manitou, and Jerry Harden. It is a collection of character actors. It's all guys that you've seen somewhere doing a thing, and even if the script isn't that great, you know the cast is going to take those lines of dialogue and that story and make it something watchable. And that's exactly what this movie is, is watchable. And there's not much more to it. So I don't know if there's ever been a contest to see who can scream more loudly, Michael Caine or Rod Steiger, but I have no doubt Steiger can hold his own. All he does in this thing is yell about America and the war, while David Huffman, who is the deserter, says very little and bangs his girlfriend. And then there's drinking and shooting and there's raping and there's fire and all that seems very peck and paw. But the reality is that this movie feels like a play that never broke free from the stage. The action is not fast and furious, and soliloquies are the main method of communication. Where there is action, it doesn't make a lot of sense. How did that generator explode? Mm-hmm. Who climbs onto a roof with a chainsaw to make their own skylight when the people that you're trying to sneak up on are inside watching every slice of the blade? Well, you know what? Um, yeah, that was that was uh, exposition from the, from the middle of the movie. They said, "Hey, uh, the weather's really taking those beams down. If one of them breaks, the whole roof's gonna come down." And it did. So I guess that's why they did that. And uh, well, thanks, not Leatherface, because yes, this is indeed. silly. This is silly for sure. And there's a lot of posturing, and there's not a lot to back it up with. So. I don't know. Wolf Lake is okay, but it's just kind of there for me. I can read into it, for sure. Conservative versus liberal. I can get all straw dogs with it. But there's not enough meat on these bones to make it a meal. There's good performances, though, from everybody uh, except Steiger, who wouldn't know a nuance if it lightly nipped him on the scrotum. So, this movie comes across as self-important, but it's it's just it's just silly. I can't I can't get into it. Oh. Well Moody, what'd you think of it, man? <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> oh I did. I did. Wow. Yeah, I guess I don't know him as good as you do. Um <laughs> I I enjoyed this movie a lot, a lot more than that last one we talked about for sure. Um yeah, I think it was a product of its time where the probably right around the wars going on and shit. When was this made? Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, no wars. But <laughs> but like okay, I the guy the guy's son died in the war, so I can get his his reason for being pissed off at a draft dodger or whatever. But um, I I I like the tension in this. There was a lot of tension, and you could the the they were you could clearly see that he was going to be a ringmaster and make these guys do shit they didn't want to do, and he. He was always leering at the girl and making, you know, untoward remarks towards her, and and you could the tension was just building and building and building until it finally they finally snapped. Um, I I I don't I kind of enjoyed it, and we got to see Robin Matson in all her glory, which is always a good thing because she's pretty damn hot. Um, Rod Steiger, you know, he's Rod Steiger. He's always that pent up rage rage guy. Um, I don't know who David Hoffman was. If he's been in other shit, I don't know. But I like the Wilbur character. There's always he reminded me of that that uh, character from uh, uh, the shit. <laughs> I spit on your grave. He reminded me of that kind of kind of poor fool that just going along with the rest of the gang just to make them happy. 
Um, you know, Richard Hurd, he's great in everything he's been in. Uh, I just, I don't know, I liked it. I thought it was pretty decent, and uh, I would watch this one a hundred times before I watch that other one again, that's for sure. Oh, agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, I dug it, man. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think it was filmed in America. I think it was, it was filmed in Mexico. You know, I feel about those people, you know. Mexicans, get behind the wall. No, I'm playing. I'm not like that at all. I, I it, love it. it was also a, a first-time watch for me, too, by the way. Yeah, I did, both of these were for 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 uh, for me for sure. I don't know about X. Um, I'd I'd hmm. seen this one before, but I had not seen Open Season before. Okay, well I I apologize then, sir. Yeah. You know? No, 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 no. That's fine. I saw it under the title The Hunting Lodge, so it had a whole different whole different edit for me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But this one was good for me. I I, I like I, I like Over the Top Rod Steiger. I mean. It it just works. I mean, the like um like X said, you know, the the lines they were they were given were delivered to the to the hilt because he lost his shit in in, uh, in at least three or four monologues against this this guy who he just insulted right away because uh, he said that he had longish hair and a beard, so he called him a bearded lady, and that was kind of hilarious. And um, these guys just coming to hang out for a while and and, and, and to go. I guess blow off some steam and go do some hunting. I, I don't know. They had guns and they were veterans and they were drinking and singing. It's probably like the most endearing part of the whole film is when they're trying to get him to calm down. So they're singing some old World War II song off a record. And that that's not working for him because he still really hates this guy. And apparently really also wants to rape his lady. And I, I didn't get, I'm not saying she deserved to get raped or anything. Cause that's, that's the, that's always the wrong thing to say, but her snooty attitude towards these dude bro asshole war veterans was kind of she should have read them a little better is what I'm saying these, these guys would probably like hang her by her tits up by the barn or something you know because they're fucking that crazy and uh just showing her titties to him in the kitchen like is this what you want to see and like what if he likes what if he likes the D I don't know he might he might like that you know he's just checking on supper you just sit there showing him your titties like yeah no, it's just tempting assholes to be assholes, and yeah, that then nobody's ever get raped though. Then she she got raped in the worst way. Dude gets clocked over the head, and they just gonna go run a train on. And poor Wilbur had to go first. That, that's your, your classic, you know. This is my COE. I gotta do it. I, I gotta do what he says, kind of thing. And that's like the saddest character in this whole film. And he dies first, which isn't fair, but whatever, you know. But, um, hippie guy, oh hippie guy, oh have you yes. met hippie guy? Hippie the bearded lady. Yes, indeed, that's lovely. It's lovely singing. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, Wolf Lake works a whole lot better than that first film. Like Duty said, as far as like it, uh, it's like a veteran exploitation movie because this is all about America and how this guy deserted America and uh. His son is dead. Why should this guy be allowed to live? And that was his big old crutch was his son was dead. So why should this hippie who, who left who left his platoon be left to be alive and his snooty, smart mouthy girlfriend be left alive too? And why shouldn't they have a piece? Like no, they all went along with that shit too. He can't blame that on the alcohol. You got you got human nature coming to play there too. And uh that was bad. So if you don't, they don't show much of anything of of the rape. It's not it's not I spit on your grave proportions, but it's it's implied that 
she gets a train by all these fucking horny ass old men, with the exception of Wilbur, of course. He's going along for the ride unwillingly, but I think at this point, Rod Steiger would have shot him in the head if he didn't go plow that young girl, and that's a that's more of an implied thing than anything else. Can I say real quick why I liked I Spit on Your Grave more than I liked Wolf Lake? Well, that yeah, is be- it's a better movie. It's a better movie, and also because the woman actually gets revenge. Yes. Whereas in Wolf Lake, that does not happen. Well, in a way, she dies, but she does get the, the final the final blow. How? That's, that's, a, poor t- cho- that's a poor choice of words. We just talked about her getting raped. You know, but... Uh, <laughs> She's laying there dying on the floor and sees the, the fucking rifle. And she, she gets that that that, that final shot to, to kill him, uh, Rod Steiger. So she dies, but she does, I guess she does get her revenge. No, I think real revenge is when you stay alive. Yeah, that's just true. me. That's just me. And I know that's my Camille Keaton syndrome, but still. No, nah, I just, I, I can't buy it. Fair enough. Um... I like the, I like the locations. Like I said, it's not like Colorado. I hear it's filmed in Mexico, so uh, the cabin, you know, the cabin in the woods thing worked really well. But like you guys said, the, the climax of the film, where by the time you know the film's over, Richard Hurd is shot and killed by by Rod Steiger, and there's only one guy left who's going to do whatever he says, or he's going to meet the same fate. So he decides this old man to climb on a roof with a chainsaw and just say, "Hey, here I am. Shoot me in the chest." And they do, and of course the the beam falls like the expo- exposition told you, and uh, he's down. And uh, yeah, this this, this film's I, I like it. I, I like it, you know. But I I, I enjoy Rod Steiger's uh, banter and the way he delivers it. Although it was it was all about you know America, America, America. He delivered his dialogue very very well, and so did the rest of this like exit a veteran cast of actors who. We're given material that people may think is not so good, but they delivered it very well. So I, I appreciate this film for that. And it's going to get a much higher rating than a two for me. So I'll kick it to Nudie and ask him anything else that you'd like to say about the film. And what is your rating, one to ten? Uh, no, I mean, I pretty much said what I remembered of this movie. It's been a while ago since we watched it. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I liked it. Cool. X. Uh, I'm going to give this sucker a 5 out of 10. And I do that only for the cast. That's it, because no, here I am. Shoot me with your big shotgun. That guy in the chainsaw. No, just dumb. So it's better than open season, but shit, not by much. There's a lot of movies that are better than open season, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm with Nudie with that seven. It's 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 enjoyable, and uh, I don't know if I'd go buy the movie. Yeah, it's 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 available on a Blu-ray. I think um, one of them, Scorpion releasing, one of them put this out on a Blu-ray. I don't think it's an Olive uh, release or anything like that. But um, nice nice looking print, unlike the last film we watched. But um, yeah, go check it out for yourself, Wolf Lake. I, I, I dug it. Nudie dug it. X thought it was just okay. Very middle of the road, according to that five score. And uh, But all uh, right. Right. I am got, got all flustered now, see? Uh, after this. We'll come because back I'm singing, it. isn't it? It's by yes, singing. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, well. 
Wow, wow, wow. Wah, wah, wah. Yes, indeed. We'll come back and we'll close out the show. Hey, Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just Ooh. kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And, yeah. And, yeah. Well, what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that. I think <laughs> Sure. Why not? Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at who will survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me? That would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. I really only have one person to mention for that death segment that uh, this was going to hurt kind of because I love I love this guy the small amount of work I know he did uh, on the thing called the butcher's block. Uh, James Frawley, you guys might not know the, know the name, but you know his work. Um, he directed huh, one of my most favorite TV shows of all time, uh, The Monkeys, and he also directed the Muppet movie. So you put those things together, and that's. That's that's a that's a big credit for me is those two things and uh yeah I uh I love them up a movie I've I've showed it to a different generation they love them up a movie and uh, I I I never showed them the monkeys yet but that needs to be seen as well but they might not like that as much as I like it because how much I love Mickey Dolan's and more importantly Mickey Dolan's daughter which I confessed to him one time that I really had the hots for her but uh. Uh, anybody got anything to say about the, this gentleman and the work he's done? I gotta look up his further his further work just to see whether what that's about. I saw the monkeys. I saw the monkeys first on MTV. Are you serious? James yes. Frawley passed. Yeah, dude. I used to watch the monkeys every afternoon when I got home from school. I know he didn't direct their movie. I know he, I know Bob Rafelson directed Head, but still. Yes. I mean, yeah, James Frawley had a really good understanding of 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 kind of weird Did he ever direct any Batman episodes, do you know? Because he had a great uh, feel for the Dutch angle and just the weird psychedelic feel of the sixties. Give so, me a second, keep talking and I'll tell you, okay? No, 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 that's 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 fine. <clears throat> Doesn't look there, like it. There, there are a lot of episodes of the monkeys that Frawley directed that really had. You look at them now, and they're very much a snapshot of that of that era. Particularly, I guess the the film stock or the 
whatever kind of tape they used to make the TV shows at the time. But mm. very, very bright, very, very colorful um, kind of shots there. And, uh, that just that, that kind of, that kind of grabs me by the boo-boo. I don't like it. Yeah, he, he directed a whole lot of TV that a lot of folks may recognize. I think from Chagney and Lacey to, like, um, man, there's, there's a ton. That girl, he mentioned that girl before, see? It, it, all, it all comes out in the wash, people. He did he did direct 28 episodes of the, of, of the Monkees. Well, I think he really had a lot to do with defining the look and the feel of that show, which was kind of like a live-action Scooby-Doo when it comes right down to it. Pretty much. You know, I mean, think of all the times when Peter Tork was like, oh, somehow I'm the descendant of a fucking Indian yogi, and now I'm going to do this weird shit where I float. What? I, sh- no. I should remember a lot of these these episodes. Like, I remember the one with Peter and the, and the, and the harp. The harp was that was enchanted yes. or something. Yeah, I remember that one for sure. And there's, there's a couple other ones, but um, I, I just remember more of the, about the the, the the music at the officials that came out of it. And I still, this this is why I really love the Monkees. It's not just the fact that listening to their songs on the radio, watching it on the television show was a whole different experience than listening to it on the radio. And that that makes the music all that much more special to me. And he, he had a big part of that, apparently. So k- kudos to you, sir. The, the, Muppet, the Muppet movie speaks for itself i i, I yeah. loved it as a child i still am big heralder of the muppets today i i, I want to do at least the good muppet movies on this show eventually it's gonna happen i, I could skip stuff like the muppet wizard of oz and that bullshit like that but the core ones i would love to do one day there are no bad muppet movies scary muppets in space is lovely man gonzo gets to go home and shit you know the great muppet caper oh yeah that oh. one Charlie Groden, holy crap! Just, just, just wanted to bang Miss Piggy for no good reason, you know? Yep, so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nudie, what about you, brother? Yeah, I mean, it looks like he done a ton of television that I watched throughout the years. So this guy was very prolific for sure, and it's a shame he's gone. But I mean, eighty-two years old, he lived a you know semi-long life, I guess, considering. People are dying in their fucking sixties these days. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, rest in peace, sir. I turned fifty this year. You can kiss my ass, Nudie. Oh, I've turned fifty. <laughs> I turned forty nine this year, so I'm not far behind you, you my go. friend. All right. I keep looking like how many more years does this fat bastard have left? <laughs> you know. I mean, those, it's scary. Those but... term life insurance commercials are looking pretty good right now. Yep. Apparently, I can wrap, I can, I'll be able to wrap my arms around X now because he lost all that weight, you know. So there's that. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, we have done the math. I like to hug my brother. Okay, I love my brother. My beautiful wife actually bought me a scale, so I know where I'm at now, and I have lost 78 pounds in nine months. Nice. Thank you so much. Good job. Nice. What are you What are you eating? Keto diet? Pretty much. Good job. Oh man, you're getting, you're getting standing ovations like in the magic store. See, if I ever it, goes, stop, it all goes back to the Muppet Show. See, if I ever stop being a lazy fuck, I'll go start a diet soon too. I make a fat man cry just trying the Rainbow Connection. It, it's, it's all good, man. You know, or have uh have have Mary uh oh, what's Mary Poppins' name? Julie Andrews singing to Kermit's Kermit's nephew about being a tadpole. Just uh. Yeah. 
Just the little things, you know. If I want to see Julie Andrews. Yes, indeed. Uh, one one day we'll do the sound of music, and that'll be glorious. Um, <laughs> that's about it for this one. Um, I'm gonna have Nudie push his stuff, sir. Go ahead, man. All right, everybody listening to this show, you probably know of the NFW podcast. Just give it a listen if you like it. If you don't, don't listen. <laughs> and on Twitter, of course. You can find us on Twitter at NFW underscore podcast and Nudie28. Cool. Jeff X? I am the managing editor of Biff Bam Pop, where I manage to edit things. And that's also where I am the host of Songs in the Key of X, which comes out on every Tuesday, 10 o'clock Eastern. And it is the tiniest little radio show on the internet, which the internet is surprisingly not a radio, but I talk about five songs regarding a subject, a band, a year, really whatever floats through my transom. It's a lot of fun. So if you miss hearing my voice on your podcast feed, you should totally listen to that. Is is this not on iTunes? Because I've looked for it before on iTunes. It is on the, it, it is on Biff Bam Pop. Oh, look, just, you, let's yeah. look at Biff Bam Pop then? Okay. Biff Bam Pop, do a search for songs in the key of X, and you will get all 16 so far episodes. I'm going to do um, that tomorrow. My books are on Amazon. The new one should be out sometime in April, but anything can happen between now and then because the post-production stage is difficult. Kind of like the first 48 hours after a kidnapping is reported. Anyway, do a Google search for Jeffrey X. Martin and just go to the pages that seem interesting to you. Cool. Uh, me, the show you're listening to, and the two, uh, two drink minimum commentaries can both be found on BeijingPodcast.com. Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, can be found on Horophilia.com. Uh, Twitter at GW. Twitter at CinemaBeefCast. Uh, follow me on there. I may click it back because I don't look at it that often, people. It's just kind of there, you know. Um, no Instagram to speak of. If you participate in the Fleas and Flicks auction, and you guys are listening to this right now, if you guys, even if you guys aren't, I will contact you, the 11 or 12 people who won something, and I will uh, ask to uh, collect the money, and I will send your stuff off to you in a, in a, in a nice careful package where we'll get wet, you know? And uh, yeah, that's about it for that. And uh, sorry you guys had to wait so long for that. It's been a, been a rough holiday season. Stop but I'm glad. wasting Gary's time. You no, know no. what he wants. <laughs> Gary wants love. Gary's Gary's getting plenty of that. And less stress too. So, if you guys have heard this, this is be the third episode in three weeks that I put out. So I've been putting them out weekly, people, and I'm hoping to make that a trend. Gary puts out. But, uh, I put out daily because you know <laughs> Snoopy Dick. Snoopy Dick is always dancing, always thinking about you know what what new holes he can explore. You know. Female, if you give me, they give me drunk enough, possibly male, but probably not. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, Snoopy Dick for life. You guys can hashtag that shit. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> Gary's filling holes from, from coast to coast, just like Casey Kasem. No, I'm gonna leave that alone. Uh, Keep oh. the start, Gary. And that's stop. how Led Zeppelin recorded "Back in Black," and now the rest of the countdown. <laughs> I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Oh, but yeah, that's going on. But uh, thank you for sticking with us through that shitty holiday season where I didn't regret it and release anything. But um, I'm releasing now. I release every day. Hence, Snoopy Dick. Okay, I'm stopping now. I'm stopping now. Okay. But thanks for listening. 
Thank you, Exodnuti, for for coming on all over America. Uh, yeah. And this has been your Sin of Beef podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time. Put another log on fire. Cook me up some bacon and some beans. And go out to the car and change the tire. Wash my socks and sew my old blue jeans. Come on, baby, you can fill my pipe. And then go fetch my slippers. And boil me up another pot of tea. gonna take you fishing with me someday well a man can't love a woman more than that ain't i always nice to your kid sister don't i take her driving every night so sit here at my feet cause i like you when you're sweet and you know Oh,